Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Wasn't it great to see the kids up here singing? Uh, I was downstairs in the traditional service giving some announcements and then watched them on the monitor, and so it was just great to, to see the life and the love, and uh, they're growing their faith and learning about uh, the things of the, uh, the, the Christian faith at a young age, and that foundation that's being laid is so, so important. Uh, just on a personal note, uh, our youngest daughter, Katie, got married yesterday, so we were, woo, yeah, so... Uh, just had a great time of celebration, uh, beautiful bride, oh my goodness, she just uh, gorgeous and uh, had a fun time to celebrate. Fran is still in Columbus, uh, returning some things from the reception and uh, sends her love and greeting. Hopefully she didn't roll out of bed till just a little while ago, I don't know, but uh, we stayed up late and then I drove over here last night and was looking forward to being with you guys, but uh, just, just uh, thank you for your prayers, a lot of you guys have been uh, excited about uh, that, and uh, so the neat thing about our time at Martha Bowman, our oldest—we've got three daughters. Our oldest daughter Mary got married uh, the night before Fran's first Sunday with you uh, three years ago, and so uh, that was kind of neat to be able to celebrate with Mary. Uh, and then our middle daughter Elizabeth got married about two years ago, and uh, we were able to celebrate that. Uh, and now Katie Bug, our youngest, is married. And so uh, our Martha Bowman years will always be remembered for a lot of things, but that was a season when our girls were getting married and, and uh, grandbabies were being born. So uh, little Claire was dancing at the reception. The band was just fantastic, and uh, she was dancing up a storm. And, and Mary's expecting our second granddaughter uh, in December. So uh, some of you guys were asking about that, so thanks for that. But, uh, yeah, we had a good time, and, and Katie's married. Married a wonderful young man, great Christian family she's uh, married into. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun. So I wanted to just on a personal note uh, share that with you. So we are finishing up our sermon series, uh, Getting There. And so our destination is determined by the direction that we set. And so we have thought about and talked about uh, making sure as a Christ follower that we're uh, using the, the teachings of Jesus, the principles from Scripture uh, to help us set the direction for our life because the outcome of our life we want it to be one that honors God, glorifies God, but is, is in a direction that God would have us go. And so today we're going to finish it up, and I'm going to share with you how do you travel with your spouse and live to tell about it. And uh, so if you're not married, that's okay. These are principles about relationships that you can, uh, you know, because it's from the scriptures that can help us. Uh, but if you are married, hopefully this will be something that will encourage you, inspire you, maybe challenge you a little bit uh, because sometimes it's not easy to travel with your spouse. Now, uh, yesterday when Katie said her vows and, and Jonathan said his vows to her and, and the blessing for me as a daddy, I got to walk her down the aisle and then do the vows and the rings and all that uh, with all three of our girls actually. Uh, but they, they made a vow uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And even though you make this vow to your spouse or make it before God uh, to the one you're going to uh, marry, um, it's, sometimes it's hard to live that out. And how do we do that uh, without killing each other or, or living to tell about it? Um, so I want you to think back, uh, if you're married, think back about to the time when you were dating the person that you are now married to. Or if you're not married, think about a time when you may, maybe had some very strong feelings for someone or maybe you had a girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, think about how you treated that other person. Uh, I would dare say, guys, uh, if you're thinking back, you probably uh, had a lot better manners uh, around this person that you're trying to impress, this young lady that you think is very attractive and you're trying to win her affection. So you're probably opening the door for her. You're probably deferring to her. You're probably willing to, to get up and get her something if you're, ta if you're eating a meal. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're definitely uh, being nice 
and kind uh, in, in these manners. Uh, and not that you're not nice and kind, but how many of you guys open the door for your, the girl you're dating and now you, if you're married to, now that you don't open the door for? Uh, don't have to raise your hand, but sometimes we, we put our best foot forward when we're, when we're dating or trying to win the affection. So, uh, ladies, think about that person you were with and if, you're, if it's your spouse. Um, did you do things that you normally don't do in your own choice because you know this guy liked it? So let's say he loved to fish and you don't care much for fishing. How many times did you go fishing with him or hunting uh, or maybe watching a movie that you probably wouldn't choose to go watch, but you knew he would like it, he'd be into it, so I'll go with him to the movies just to hang out with him. And that happens to us, right? We want to spend time with the other person uh, because we, there's something about them that we're attracted to, and we, we want to invest time. You want to get to know them. Some of you guys, you probably listened to her talk about her childhood, or you were asking her questions, really trying to get to know her, and, and she appreciated that. There was this intimate conversation that you would have. And now that you're married, when you go out to eat, do you even talk about anything? You know, it's funny. Sometimes, you know, you see a married couple, and they hadn't said one word to each other. Uh, and that's why I think the date nights were so important because you get the little card that has all those questions you can ask and talk about with one another and, uh, and continue on that relationship. Uh, so it's very, very important. So when we uh, find this person that we're attracted to and we spend this time and we, and we fall in love and, and then we decide that we want to spend the rest of our lives together, there are things that we did to, to be attractive to the other one during that season to make them feel like, yeah, I would really want to invest the rest of my life with this person. And then when you stand and you make those vows before God, the vows that you make encompass these principles. You're going to love and honor and cherish each other. You know, you're going to, uh, whether you're sick or whether you're healthy, these are things you're going to do because that's the pledge, that's the vow, that's the commitment that you're making one to the other. Uh, in the Declaration of Intent, in the, in the service that I <clears throat> do, it says, will you have so-and-so to be your wedded husband or wife, to live together in the holy state of matrimony, will you love them? comfort them, honor and keep them in sickness and health, and forsaking all others, keep only unto them as long as you both shall live. And, that, and the response will be, I will, and the vows come later on. But that declaration, here's, here's the direction I want to go. Here's the destination I want to be to have a happy, strong relationship with this person, and here's the things that I'm going to do. And I love the idea of, of doing that before God because that's what we do. Uh, and have we continued that on? And so the, the point uh, that I want us to, to hear is that this type of experience, this type of treating one another has to continue through the rest of that relationship or the relationship won't be strong. The relationship will deteriorate and it won't happen. So you've got to continue to honor and cherish and care for. Now, if I uh, care for and cherish these glasses, uh, I'm not going to leave them out in the rain. I'm just not. I'm not going to throw them on the floor. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care for them. I'm going to uh, defer to them and, and put them in a place where I don't lose them. Uh, and the same thing with relationships. It's so important. If you truly care for someone, there's a way that you treat them. There's a way that you are, are nurturing that person. Uh, and it's evident or it's not evident depending on how you treat one another. So uh, this morning our scripture uh, is in the book of Colossians. And it says this, chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. So the truth of the scriptures, and, and one of the ways that we can travel with our spouse and, and live to tell about it, is if we do what this passage tells us. And so there's responsibilities for the wife and there's responsibilities for the husband. And even in relationships, these are wonderful principles that you have. 
Now, Colossians is very similar to the book of Ephesians. And Fran preached on this topic a few weeks ago uh, and used the Ephesian passage. And it's a, it unpacks this a lot in more detail. Uh, but it's the same thing. Husbands are to love their wives, and wives are to be subject to their husbands. Uh, but there's two little nuances here that I like in this particular scripture. Uh, but the idea of being subject to one another is all throughout scripture. It's not just wives being subject to your husbands only. But there's several places throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament it's inferred and how they relate, relate to one another. And it's the idea of being uh, uh, caring for the other person and thinking more highly of what they want than you do. So it's not your selfish desire. It's not my uh, way all the time. It's what do you prefer? What would you like? And so as you're subject to one another, you're willing to do things that the other person wants to do. So when you're dating, if the person likes to fish and you don't like to fish, if you're, subject, if you're being subject to them, it doesn't mean you're obeying them all the time, but it means you're willing to, to take your interest, what you want, first and foremost, and say, no, I'm going to subject that to the other person, and I'm going to see what do they value, what do they care for. And then you're going to be willing to do that, as is fitting in the Lord. And there's the caveat there. So wives are subject to their husbands. They're willing to do the things. They're willing to, to embrace those uh, things if it is according to Scripture. So let's say I, I come up to Fran uh, when she comes home tonight, and I say, Honey, uh, there's a bank down the street, and I know how to get in there. Why don't we rob that bank? Now, is that fitting in the Lord, Kamari? Is that fitting, fitting in the Lord? No, it's not. I mean, don't, don't steal. That's one of the, the Ten Commandments, right? So Fran's not going to say, well, I need to be subject to my husband. I need to defer to what he wants to do. I, well, let's go rob this bank. No, no. So here's, that's the caveat. So just because God wants you to sub, be subjected to one another and, do, and, and defer to their interest and their desires and what they'd like, uh, it has to be in the parameters of what is right in God's eyes. So if you're asking someone to do something and it's a sin, or you're asking someone to do something that's going to violate God's principles, as a wife, you have the opportunity to say, honey, no, no, we need to rethink this, you know, or are you saved? No, I mean, you have to ask that question. But, uh, but that's, that's the idea. So we want to be subject to one another, be willing to defer to the other person's interests and desires. Um, and in Ephesians, the reason it says husbands uh, or be subject to one another, that's the context. And then it says wives to your husbands, and then husbands love your wives. But in Ephesians where it says be subject to your husbands, it says because your husband is the head of the household or the head of the family, or the head, as Christ is the head of the church. In the Ephesians passage, it really unpacks a lot about Jesus and the church. He's the bridegroom, the church is the bride. And in this passage where it says one of the reasons that the wives should be subject to their husbands or defer to their husbands is because the responsibility that's been given to the husband by God, and that is to be the head of the family. Now, here's the problem we find in the Western world. We have a misconception of this word head. We think, because of our understanding many times, that if the husband is the head of the family or the head of the wife, he's the dictator. He's the boss. He's the ruler. Whatever he says goes. And that's not the scriptural model. But the idea that we have when it says Jesus is the head of the church, Jesus is the head of the church, and Jesus is more than a husband is to the wife because it's, Paul says through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as Jesus is the head of the church, the Savior of the body. 
So Jesus is more to the church than the husband is to the wife, but this idea of headship is very similar, and that's one of the reasons that God wants the wives to be subject to the husband, because the husband is the head of the wife. And that really the understanding of the word head there means is that uh, he is the one to whom should, should provide leadership. He is the one that, that leads. Now, I've done this before. Um, who can I get to help me? Uh, since I called on Kamari, I'm going to get you to do it again. Come on up here. So, so um, and I need one more. Terry Reynolds, come on up here. Um, so uh, the idea of being the head, just in, in my understanding of this, is just that we are to follow the head. And so in the family, God has ordained the husband to be the head of the family. And it doesn't mean the wife can't lead, but it's, but it's the family. So uh, this is Kamari. Y'all, y'all met Kamari. Y'all know Kamari. This is Terry Reynolds. All right, so... If Kamari is the running back in a uh, football situation, you're going to run. You're going to be the running back. Terry, you're the defensive guy, and I'm the offensive blocker for Kamari. So if I'm going to block Terry, and you are going to follow your blocker, we were taught in football you you watch the head of your blocker. Now the offensive line, they're going to open the hole, and you're going to go through. But in the secondary and all that kind of stuff, if if if, the, if you're following a blocker, what you want to do? Let's come over here a little bit. Stand over here. So Terry's job is to tackle Kamari, but I'm going to block Terry so she can get around and not be tackled. So you're going to watch my head. And so if I'm blocking, if my head goes on this side, Kamari, you're going to run that way because it's harder for the defensive guy to get around my head and you follow the head of your blocker. Now, let's say Terry's here. Kamari, come back here. So if, if she doesn't follow the head and I block Terry like this and Kamari, you run that way, he can slip right off the block and, and, and tackle her because you didn't follow the head, okay? But a good running back, she's going to follow the head, right, of the blocker. So you can have a seat. you got to stay up here, Terry. Let's give Kamari a big hand. So in Ephesians where it says, wives, be subject to your husband because he's the head of the, of, of, of the family, and it means not that he's the dictator, not that he's the big boss. He's the one God says, I want you to lead your family. And your, your family should follow your lead. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So um, another reason we know that the head, the, the body follows the head, is because wherever you take the head, the body's going to follow. And I think I've done this with you before, but I love this guy. He knows he doesn't mind me messing with him. But if I want Terry to go over here, I can, I can pull him a little bit. And he's stronger than me, so he can resist, and I won't get him there. But if I really want Terry to go over here, you know what I do? I grab his head, and I pull his head. And guess where his body's going to go? His body's going to follow his head. It just, God connected us that way. So, Terry, I could do this all day, and he, he'd win the battle. But if I take his head and move his head, guess what? I'm going to get his body to follow. Amen? Thank you, Terry. Love you. Appreciate you. <laughs> so, so this idea of wives be subject to your husband, because the husband's been given the wonderful responsibility to lead the family. So, guys, how are you leading? We are to lead as Christ led the church. And he gave himself up for the church, the Ephesians passage talks about. So we are to lead by serving. So wives are being subject to the other, they're deferring to that. But the husband's loving and leading by being willing to serve the family, laying down their life for their family. Also, another way we serve and lead is not by just serving, being an example of caring for one another, but we ought to be seeking the Lord. And we ought to be living a Christian life and being a model for our family. If your wife looks at you, husbands, 
and, and you're not leading in a spiritual sense, then God is telling you this morning, start leading in a spiritual sense. Spend time with me. Pray. Read your Bible. Make good choices. Do those things that Christ has called us to do because your family needs you to lead. Now, if you're not married and if you don't have uh, 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 any kind of relationship, this is just a good principle. You ought to be the type of person that someone would look to and go, wow, I think they would be somebody I would want to follow. Or I think that's the type of person I want to spend time with because they have a quality of life. They have Christian character. They're, they're someone who's stable in the midst of a, a tragic situation. They, they have peace in their heart. They're, they're, they're not uh, quick to anger and, and all those kind of things. That's the kind of person I want to be around. So if you're a husband, you're doing that because you're leading your family. If you're not in a relationship, you're doing that because that's how Christ wants you to live. Amen? So the second part here when it says husbands love your wives, that's our responsibility to nurture and to care for and to love them as Christ loved the church, the Ephesians passage talks about. So we are to love our spouse, and we are to do the things that uh, express love to her. Now, there's a book out there called Love Languages. Y'all ever read that? Y'all know that? So there's certain ways that people receive love, and it may be, maybe your love language is, is time being spent with you. So if somebody loves you and they spend time with you, you think, oh, yeah, that equates to me that they care for me. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the receiving of gifts. You might think, oh, this person's giving me a gift. They must really care for me because that's your love language, receiving gifts. Uh, there's other types of ways that we express our, our care for them, uh, our per, uh, somebody in our life. And, uh, and whatever that is for your spouse, you, ought, you should know that. Now, the good thing is Fran's love language is not receiving of gifts. She don't want me to, she don't want me to go out and buy her a bunch of stuff. Thank the Lord, you know. <laughs> that helps out with a wallet. But if she wants something, I tell her, honey, go out and buy it. Just, just go get it. She's like, oh, it's expensive. I don't want to do that. So I'm so glad she's frugal. But the, so if I just go buy her stuff, that doesn't really communicate to her that I love her. She would say, oh, thank you for this. Thank you for, well, thank you for that. But if I spend time with her, She's like, wow, all, all the things that Mark could do, he's, he's just hanging out, spending time with me. Wow, he must really care for me. And that's, that's important for us to understand the other person and know how to speak that love language and say, here's what I'm doing for you because I care for you. And that resonates with their soul, and they say, oh, yeah, they really do. Uh, and sometimes men think what they're doing for their spouse really means that they love them, but that, the spouse doesn't really equate that. Uh, and, and another trap that men will fall into is we're working, 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 working to support the family, which you need to do, but we don't spend time with our family, and it's, it's like, wow, we just want to spend time with you. So there's got to be a balance there of making sure you're investing in, in the lives of your, of your family. Uh, so uh, wives be subject to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And here's the second part. Do not be embittered against her. Do not be harsh with her. All right, so God, he took me to the woodshed on this. So early in our marriage, uh, Fran did something, and I just didn't like it or whatever it was, and I just really came back at her with a lot of force and really just kind of bit her head off. And I could see her face. It just went, so I was real quick to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I shouldn't, you know, and I'm not, maybe, maybe that night, the Lord kind of took me to this scripture, and, and it says, do not be harsh with your wife. And I want you to know, the Lord said, as I was impressed, and it might not have been his word, but this is what he meant. Boy, don't you ever talk to my daughter like that. 
Almighty God taking me to the woodshed and said, don't you ever treat my daughter like that again. I was like, Lord, by your mercy and by your grace, please forgive me and help me to never respond to her that way again. So this morning, uh, you might not like this, but guys, I care about you, and I care about your spouse, and I care about your relationships and maybe your future relationships. And if you are harsh with your wife, stop it. Stop. The Holy Spirit's given to us to help us control our emotions, help us control our actions. So God's given us what we need to not be harsh with our wife. Even if they get under your skin, even if they nag you, even if they do all these kind of things that make you justify the action that you did, don't you ever. I'm trying to keep you from having God tell you that. So I'm trying to tell you that because you don't want God to do what he did to me. Uh, don't let it get to that point, I guess is what I'm saying, because it is, it is it, it, well, it, you, you might have to because it'll change your life, but I, I'm trying to help you not get to that point. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a hot stove. If, if you get burned by a hot stove, you're trying to tell your child, don't touch that stove when it's hot. It, but, but, so if, if you don't pay attention this morning, if you're harsh with your wife, guess what? You got a date with God, and, and he's, it's not going to be comfortable. So he says, don't be harsh with your wife. We want to nurture our spouse. We want to care for our spouse. It goes both ways. Uh, but when we're irritated, when we're angry, when, when, when they've done something to us that makes us feel like, you know, there's other ways to respond instead of being harsh. Uh, and that's a part of the communication pattern that, you, that we have to learn. And that is, and, and that is this, is that, that we acknowledge what happened and we talk about it and we work out a different plan uh, sometimes you just got to call a timeout and leave and get, you, and, and, and get your emotions under check and then come back and talk about whatever the situation was. Um, but we are not to be harsh with our spouse. And uh, so uh, when we're traveling and we're learning to, to, to coexist, learning to, to, to travel together and, 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 and live to tell about it, these are the two principles I wanted to share with you. Wives, be subject to your husbands as in the fear of the Lord and what's right. And then husbands, love your wives, care for them, nurture them, and treat one another the way you did when you were dating. You know, when you were dating, did you really bite your wife's head off? Or if, if y'all weren't married at the time? No, you didn't. You wouldn't do that because they, they'd say, forget this dude. I don't want to be around him. He's, he's not somebody I want. But uh, we want to do that. Um, a couple of weeks ago when Fran preached on this topic, she used this uh, positive chase and negative chase, the chase that uh, is uh, kind of neat. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go watch the video. But, but we have found that we kind of get into this negative pattern. And, and so if we have a disagreement, we'll, we'll both kind of have our both sides. That, you know, we're trying to explain to the other why we're right and that kind of thing. And, and, and usually underneath this argument or this disagreement or this impasse, are these lies that we believe. And, uh, and, and so we have to speak the truth in that. And so as Fran has shared with you, one of the lies that, that she has to overcome is, is this uh, feeling of fear based on the situation. And, uh, and so fear kind of drives her. And so there's this, this uh, desire for her to change the environment or, or to change me uh, because there's some underlying fear. And what I end up doing, because she'll say something to me, I'll, I'll respond because what's, what's underneath mine is that I, I just need her to trust me. You know, it's going to be all right. We're going to be safe, those kind of things. 
but the more she tries to get me to understand her and the more I'm resisting because it's going to be all right, we just kind of get into this negative dance. So we've kind of learned to um, recognize what's kind of under the surface and, and address that, speak to that, and say, hey, I, I know that you're concerned about this, or hey, I, f- I feel like you might be feeling anxious about this, but here's what's happening, and here's what's going on, and here's what I'm doing and why I'm doing it to try to alleviate the fear or the concern or the anxiety she might have about whatever the situation is, instead of us saying, you know, well, here, you know this and that, and, and, and just staying up here with this disagreement. So uh, that's kind of general, and it's not real specific, but this, this chase is something that really has helped us, and so she preached on that a couple of weeks ago, and like I said, you can go online and watch that video, uh, but the idea of, of working out a situation is so, so important. So let me close uh, by encouraging you to... Uh, to work together and, and to be a positive team. Um, uh, well, I guess one thing I did mention about being the head, uh, if you're going to lead your family, you're, you're not just making the decisions on your own. You're not just saying, okay, well, it's, it's up to me. I've got I've to lead. A good leader is going to take advice and look at different things, and so your spouse is the perfect person to do that with, maybe other folks that you know that you care about. So the good thing about Fran and me, you know, if, I'm, if we're going to make a decision, we, we do it together. And I ultimately make the choice, but sometimes the choice that I make for our family is the thing that Fran suggested. As we talk about it, we think, oh, you know, bring both things. And, and so whatever we do, the direction that we're going as a family, it's, it's not been a dictated direction by me, but it's something that we've decided together and we both have buy-in and we both uh, move forward and whatever that is. So you're a team and you work together as a team, uh, but the buck's got to stop with somebody and God is looking to the husband and saying, I'm holding you accountable to lead your family, and I'm going to give you the grace to do it, but be wise and use all the resources available to you. Amen? Amen.